Showing up is about uncovering what it takes to get to where you want to go by learning from the different fields of design, business, tech, and the arts. This first season, we are on the topic of how we got here. We are curious to learn about the journeys of the founders and the creative entrepreneurs and how they got to where they are today. Today, we are really excited to have with us Rebecca and Daniel, the founders of Beyond the Vines, a design and lifestyle concept in Singapore. They had been building the brand behind the scenes, having left their careers in real estate to pursue a creative calling of making good design accessible to all. Find out today how the brand and the team grew from an online store to a creative force with physical locations across the region and a new flagship design store in Singapore. How they got there. You can follow us on Instagram at Foreign Policy Design. I'm really, really excited because we managed to get Rebecca and Daniel on this episode today. Welcome, Yay. welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Yeah, so let's get the ball rolling. Beautiful office, by the way. Thank you, thank you. So, Yaling, you want to start off with the first uh, burning question? Sure. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to go straight to the point. Huh? So, what motivated y'all to start Beyond the Vines? And I love the name Beyond the Vines, by the way. So, maybe you could help our audience understand a little bit more about what you do. Uh, you want to go first? I sign checks. Oh, that is true. Okay. <laughs> I have a very lonely job in the office. No one to talk to. No one would understand what I do. But I can give you my name and you can send me a check. You will sign Well, yeah, that's the gist of it. Though. That's the gist of it. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah, mostly. Uh, well, I do creative work in the office. Um, I lead a team of designers and creatives. Um, yeah, so he manages the business part, I manage the creative side. I basically do the things that she doesn't want to do. Lah. <laughs> so um, for the fans, for new fans who may not have learned uh, too much about Beyond the Vines yet, maybe you can give uh, your version of what Beyond the Vines is. Um, well, I think Beyond the Vines, when we started the, the brand in 2015, we wanted to create a brand that designed well, well, we wanted to create a brand that did products, um, well-designed products at accessible price point, accessible location, and accessible to all. Um, of course, what that means, we also learned that along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that we started right as having this grand plan, this huge business plan. I think none of that, honestly. Um, so... Yeah, I think how he has evolved also in the last five years. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't think we honestly. No, I, I, say this. Okay. We don't have a plan. Now people that. <laughs> Our plan is just to have fun. Yeah. Okay. We have a lot of fun, and I'm sure you guys have a lot of fun, right? Doing what you do. That's most important, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that yeah, that's most important for us. Though. I think we have a good time. Uh, we enjoy what we do. I think people see it, like from the work or whatever comes out. From your Instagram story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's not go there yet. But, yeah. So let's talk uh, a little bit more about that because I find it quite interesting. A lot of uh, business planners will say, you must have a plan. You must know how you're going to differentiate yourself. You must run your cash flow. You must have this great big vision. But actually for us, we didn't, we have, didn't, a, we didn't have a plan either. <laughs> we just brought our laptop, our IMAX. We just came back from the US and then yeah. we just like, okay, oh, wow. let's do this. Time to start yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so for, for entrepreneurs out there, they have this amazing idea. Is a plan necessary? Uh, both yes and no. Depends on what industry you are at. I think that a lot of, um, we, we, we face a lot of roadblocks not having plans. But I think that one of the key um, traits that both of us have is adaptability. The ability to adapt, the ability to change, the ability to constantly disrupt thoughts. I think that entrepreneurs at large don't have a plan. Because those who have a plan are not entrepreneurs. 
or well, at least that, that's what my opinion is. Uh, they, they plan too long and they think, and by the time before they really get down to it, they get burned out, they get um, jaded by the many, many, many different things that they need to do before they start. Uh, I think that that is where I feel that a lot of ideas go to waste. Um, so I think the entrepreneurs at large, uh, we do not necessarily have a grand plan, but we have a direction that we want to pursue. We have a vision that we want to live out. And I feel that that is something that um, when we started Beyond the Vines, we just wanted to put our best work out. Mm. Uh, we wanted to do, we initially we wanted to be a design studio. That's what, that what Becky said. Um, Well-designed product at accessible, being accessible to all. Uh, I think that that's something that we learned along the way that, you know, um, what does a well-designed product mean? What does accessibility mean? And what does to all mean? You know, it, it just started off with some, some basic fundamentals that we started off with. And when the first sale happened, we realized that things got serious, but we still are playful. You know, and I, I feel that, um, yeah, I, I, I think largely we, we, both of us live with this concept that um, we have no one to please, nothing to prove, you know, and we're living for ourselves. We're living, we, 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 we live to put our best work forward. Um, and that's what we strongly believe in. Okay. So yeah, in the last conversations that we shared, you know, in the last two meetups, um, you talked about um, disrupting yourselves before other people do, right? So I'm really intrigued by that. And I, I, I really love that concept. Can you share more about that? Uh, you go first? Uh, yes. Well, I don't think that... Okay, for me at least, okay, we're both quite similar in that way. Like, mm -hmm. we do feel like we get... No, I won't say bored, but we don't like to... We're not status quo people. Mm -hmm. You know, we like to learn, we like to grow, we're very adaptable. But I think the idea of disruption is not as if we intentionally self disrupt ourselves in a way. You know, it does come with a certain intuition of where we feel we're at whether in life or where the business is and all that, then there's a certain sensing that then sort of like conjures a certain intuition that makes us feel like, I think something needs to be done in that way. So it's it comes from a very human nature way for us more than it is like we feel like we need to intentionally change something or, you know, because I think that, that the emotion that comes with change is still there. It's not like we thrive on an uncertainty. You know, we still do feel like, oh, at least I speak for myself. We still, I still feel the, you know, you get a bit uneasy when things change or new environments. You still, I still feel a bit of that, you know, uh, emotion of it. Mm -hmm. But I think the fact that we identify that some things, when it comes to that time and we feel like something's not right anymore, it doesn't sit right anymore, it's not something, we're not effective, it's not the pop, or at least in terms of um, purpose-wise, we don't, because we're very purpose-driven people. So I don't feel like if it doesn't, we don't feel very compelled by it at that moment. It's we feel like, you know what, it's time something needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And then that seems like we're disrupting in a way. Could you um, give us an example? Um, well, so... You can talk about your furniture at your home. It's never the same yeah. every six months. No, 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 it lasts a bit longer. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ten months. Uh, well, I shift stuff around. I like to shift things around. Uh, not for feng shui or anything, it's got nothing to do with that. It's just, you know, it's like a new environment, it sort of yeah. like evokes a new emotion or like makes you see the same thing differently. Mm. Is it a creative thing? I don't know. Mm. I don't Maybe know, I do that. that. I, do I, that I, I try not to think it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. Whether that, that's obviously a very down to a way of life way, but obviously with a rebrand, uh, and we felt like it was a long time coming. Mm. And if anything, we felt like we pushed that back. Uh, already for a while before we knew like you know what we need to do it we need to do it you know it was already like it was it first happened to the both of us before we felt it in a in a social trend or the economy way you know so yeah what about you disruption he likes to disrupt he likes to yeah uh, I think disruption I think we um, we have seven core values in the company. Mm. Uh, every other meeting I sound like a broken tape recorder to every one of our colleagues in the office. So one of the core values is uh, be ready for change. It might surprise you. Mm. Uh, I think that changes happen all the time, but values remain. 
fundamentally some values don't change. Um, change happens from the mindset first, I feel. Uh, beginning to accept and embrace new things. Like for instance, when, when Instagram came out, everybody was still on Facebook and everybody that I know mostly at large, this is um, Instagram, but look at how big Instagram is right now. The same for TikTok, the same for Clubhouse. Right? Uh, I think that you, you, you do not need to understand how an icon operate to enjoy the icon. Which means that I feel that you don't need to fully understand how Clubhouse operates to fully enjoy Clubhouse, but just to really keep yourself open, keep yourself learning, you know, keep learning and, and having that mindset that hey, things are okay if they're going to change. It doesn't remain, have to remain status quo. Uh, I think that happened during our branding. Mm. That's why we thought that, you know, it's time that I rather disrupt myself than the world disrupts and I follow that trend. Oh. But yeah. you guys do that too. I yeah. mean, you guys are also the evas of that, right? Yeah. Tell us about your... Because you guys are very adaptable to trends. Like I noticed that, I mean, not just during the COVID part that you guys did this whole like, design diplomacy thing, but you're always evolving and always trying something new. You know, but fundamentally, it doesn't feel like your values change or how you approach the human, how human, how people interact with design and all that, you know. Uh, yeah, I think you said it yeah. <laughs> very well for us. Yeah. yeah, I think we are quite similar in that sense. We always look for um, evolution. Yeah. Uh, like I said, design cannot be a status quo yeah. because you will just be in a fossil like, in six months. Yeah. Uh, and as a designer, you're supposed to sort of uh, lead the trend, create something new to excite yes. people, engage people, right? So yeah. I think that's kind of our job, our responsibility, and our passion as well. Yeah. So yeah, why not? And um, I think for us, we also love clients or project partners, as we call them to do that and we encourage them to do that as yeah. well because sometimes they are coming for us, uh, to us for, for um, say a branding or rebranding project and, 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 and uh, I mean some people are a little bit more conservative but we always try to push them out of the shell yeah. and let them see the light like yeah. you know you need to do something different so that people can differentiate you and identify you as something a bit more yeah. valuable than the rest of your com competitors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting point of view. I was just thinking in our trade, if a client comes in and a project partner becomes a project partner, uh, typically um, I will take the first sense, is this person open to ideas mm. or is he looking for us to replicate something and copy mm. something? So we have the mechanism to sort of decide what would work best in the partnership. Okay. So we have a bit of a choice, kind of yeah. like, it's like a mutual, it's like a date, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, both have to be willing partners. Mm -hmm. And interestingly on your side is, I guess, I guess yours is a direct to consumer. Yeah. So. We're a little bit like online dating probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. Right. <laughs> this is my profile, oh, swipe oh, left, so or swipe right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should be on Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess for us because we're direct to consumer, um, versus your impact is first to the brand, mm. right? Whereas we are technically the brand that is direct to consumer. I feel like the the intent of not just the product but the fundamentals of. Um, because we determine how sort of how people use, mm. right? We're actually at that that layer. Right. Yeah, we're actually at that layer of what we decide to put out. So there's a lot of um, thought process and integrity, right, to what we put out and what kind of price point what we put out, how much we're putting out. So I think that really hit us before we hit the rebrand. We didn't. We felt like, do we still want to do this? You know, does it really? feed our souls, you know, are we putting stuff out just for the sake of it? Mm -hmm. Do we have a are we do we have a voice that we feel like has impact, you know, in a in a in the current generation, you know, whether in design or whatever. So yeah, I think that sort of triggered the main uh, uh, rebrand exercise for us. I think interestingly back to the topic of disruption, if um any of you have any opinions on like what do you do on a normal day to day to disrupt yourself? How do you change your thinking? Maybe it would be great if you could Share. They would love to hear how you disrupt your thoughts because in a way of life, in the not not like a tomorrow I need to eat 
you know, oh, okay. go vegan or like change my diet, you know, or not not like a epiphany kind of way. Like, how do what do you do on a normal day to day that you constantly disrupt yourself? And do you read something? Do you do you go Is Pinterest? Like do you guys feel like every day you want to like, oh, you're hundred percent like also creatures of habit, you know? Um, you are quite a creature of habit. Yeah. 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 But I can. Right. But I can. I can speak to Yaling, how she does it. <laughs> Um, she she's very feely, so she's the very sensing, the sensing is very intuitive and instantaneous. She feels it and she just articulates it, uh, which I think is quite interesting. There's no there's no need for a formal analysis because she does this like micro analysis, intuition, woman's power, <laughs> woman's sixth sense, and then she said that's the answer. You know, so but, I be, think, but before they go to that sixth sense activation, I'm quite sure you, you there's somehow your mind collects data for you to triangulate certain mm. thought process that leads you into that. Okay, this is it. Mm. I think um, I I'm quite updated with what's going on. Where Maybe do you get updates from? Not like, as is not it, as updated, but is it Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. I, um, like all the EDMs. I try to read at least like scan. Mm. Scan them through, uh, uh, yeah, like all the different news that uh, in the streams. I try to, of course, sometimes it's like a, a bit of an overload, and I try to see what other people are doing as well. On the broad, like across broad, industries, yeah, not oh, just okay. the design industry yeah. or the fashion industry, yeah. but across industry. Like, what's mm. the uh, trend? Say, let's say in the um, baby food yeah. industry, you know, yeah. yeah, because these are telling signs of what's yeah. happening also in the economy yeah. and. The global trend as well, and that could maybe apply to another industry mm. or ourselves. I don't know. So I think uh, it's always that kind of uh, update yeah. that mm. I get that uh, collectively sort of like sits in my brain. And one day maybe it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, maybe we could do this. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it's I don't know. Almost like pixel art, right? Yeah. She so collect the dots and dots yeah. and dots. Suddenly, you start to form a picture. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So these datas are uh, these to triangulate these datas are are pretty vital and different people feed off different things mm. and how it adds up. Um, it's something that I feel that it's like your intuition. Yes. So like like this thing, like listen to your gut. A lot of times we ignore the gut and we start to doubt the gut. But uh, I think my my conversation with Becky constantly is always to doubt the doubt, mm. to follow the gut, doubt the doubt. Mm. I think that that is something that will be uniquely you and to the brand that um, no one can uh, emulate after. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just want to share that through our observations as uh, service providers for a lot of the clients, um, past and present, I feel like the more successful clients are the ones who do not overthink mm. and they just mm. go with it. Mm. Those who like mull over very long and have too many, many changes, edits, are those that um, will not fit here on there. Because I think they overthink too much, and then, um, yeah, it just, it's just not getting anywhere. Mm. I mean, I think just, just from my collective sort of, yeah, observation throughout yeah. the years. Yeah. Mm. As for the, the branding, uh, I think the rebranding is a conversation that is very big for you guys. So the question is, do you want to share with uh, audiences with us who may not be as familiar with the rebranding process and why you felt it was super important to pull the trigger and how has it been for you currently after the rebrand? When you say pull the trigger, like, I mean, I like think there was an emotion. <laughs> yeah. I think it was yeah, a, yeah. just to supplement to his question, I think it was like, I think to that industry, right? It felt like, Wow, such a brave act to like totally like you know, like your first Instagram in your new brand. You just <coughs> put everything in the box and then you just kept it, right? That was a great storytelling by the way. Um, to totally like dive in a new direction soon and surf and now you're like, you know, in the sea ocean, you know, driving in the ocean, uh, was something quite re- remarkable I would say and yeah, how did you how did you do it? Yeah. How do you get here? <laughs> uh, I felt like it came in layers. 
It was not like we saw it from start to the end at one go. Um, it definitely came first as like you said, it first came as a um, that we felt it was necessary. But this was some time back already, right? We felt it maybe like two years ago, mm-hmm. before last year was last year COVID happened, mm-hmm. right? Um, during the lockdown and all that. But we actually we had that conversation over a few sit downs, you know, but between the both of us, just you know, casually catching up. Um, and it, but yeah, the same that it didn't because when we first started the brand, we we started it with a certain uh, value that we wanted the brand to effect, um, which was obviously you know we wanted to create well designed products accessible to all. Mm-hmm. But at some point, we felt like the accessibility word or the value for us did not sit um, as we hoped it would as the brand sort of evolved. Uh, it felt a little bit um, unapproachable. You know, it was very pristine in a way that how the the old identity looked. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it was very. It felt like we were keeping. We it felt like it it it, it drew an invisible line between us and the consumer, which is very unlike us in personality. You know, we're very embracing people. Um, so then I think that sort of like once the value misaligned for us personally, it felt like we needed to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that happened over time. It was not like obviously we sat on it up because it's as if you are trying to paint a moving ship, right? And this ship is already sailing. It's like too far to go back. It's like mm-hmm. you can't pull back and then say, okay, stop operations. Let's rebrand and then we go again. We had to do that while moving. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of things was on the line for us. Um, yeah. So I think that was one of the main main uh, things that sort of triggered it at the start. Um, and of course, it came to, I think it was before, before last year, before 2020, I think somewhere in 2019, um, he asked me over one of those nights we were having dinner, uh, he said, you know, do we see ourselves doing this for a couple more years? How long more do we see ourselves doing this, you know, a BTV? Um, he said, are you happy doing what you're doing? But at the moment, it was really like, it sank and it's not because I did not enjoy what I was doing. I love the brand, I was very passionate about it, about the people within, but like I said, the value did not align at some mm-hmm. point. And I said, I'm not sure, you know, actually, I could not answer that question. So I think at the moment for me, I don't know if I said, I think we need to do it, we need to do it soon. If not, we will feel the effects of it. Not just in a consumer perspective. I think that was second, to us at that point, it was secondary because we felt like if we didn't put something that we truly believed in, the people will feel it, you know? So, yeah, I think that was when that we decided to start that whole exercise, you know? Yeah. That was, I know it's a really odd takeaway, but one of the takeaways is have dinners together. Yes. Oh yeah, we do. Oh, yeah, We haven't oh, had dinner together we, for we a year. Oh, oh yeah, okay. We haven't had dinner together for a long time, so I think that's a good yeah. takeaway. Yes. Actually, that's something we, we it's very hard, honestly, especially when you see each other all the time, right? Even for us, we see each other all the time. And we have kids, right? It's like, oh my goodness, all that noise. I mean, we love them, just for the record. We love our kids, right? Of course. Yeah, we love But them. that noise, it just gets to, you know? So he was very strict about it. You know what, we're taking one day out for dinner. Let's do it. No excuses. If we had something important at the day, we'll move it to another day of the week. You know, we have to, even if it was like one hour, two hours, most of the time, he used to pluck me up from the office because I'm 100% like, Ooh, you know, he's like, let's go, let's go, you know? Missing the happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you also have a no phone policy during your dinner? Oh, no, no, we don't have that. So I I, I, I feel that, oh, because I, I'll be first to admit, I am, I am pretty much on my phone most of the time. Um, be, not not replying to text, but really just feeding off a lot of information. He likes to read, right? I read a lot f- um, from my phone, and th- on on the topic about um, one day out a night, it was something that I I had to force myself to do because I don't like structure. I like to be above system and structure, but I don't like to be in the structure. Wow. But I had to force myself to do it because, like, um, due to the busy schedule and being 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 parent as well. Uh, I find that one of the one of the best gifts that we can give to our children is a healthy marriage, right? And if we don't invest in ourselves, how would they grow up in the kind of environment that we wish for them to grow up to? Mm-hmm. So we, we we put aside one day. I told my mom, 
Tuesday night is my date night. I'm going to bring her out. We're just going to have conversations. We're just going to have um, a meal. Uh, but oftentimes, it's, our life is so inter, in, inter, in, inter, intertwined with work mm. and life and kids. So all the subjects just come out, you know, and we just have conversation. And this is something that we keep aside. So let's say, for instance, Monday night, we'll be, we'll be doing something else. Tuesday night will be the um, date night. And then Wednesday night will be, if we in the past, we used to meet people at night if we could. Um, then Thursday will be my family. And then Friday will be our family. We bring the kids out for dinner. You know, so, so the kids are, the kids deal better with system and structure. Sure. So there is something more like a routine to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's something that we try to implement because sometimes business things can go out of control. Right? But if there's little things that we can pull back, formulate a, a, a schedule or structure, I think that would be great for, for, for life. Yeah. So yeah, um, almost, uh, not every Friday, some Fridays I do sign in and we <laughs> uh, you know, talk show. Talk, yeah, talk show, <laughs> selling her, launching her new bag or her new collection. So how do you do it? How do you keep up with social media? How do you keep the audience engaged, you know? And I, I thought this was a really brilliant move on your part to, you know, sell your, your, your wares. You want to share that? Well, honestly, I think the credit is not for me to take. I am really just a showpiece. I think that um, if he could do it, he would do it, honestly. But I think but my face don't sell. <laughs> my face, yeah. Her voice put people to sleep. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a great. Well, anyway, he, he was the one that prompted it, honestly. I think it obviously all came about through uh, the whole COVID situation. Mm-hmm. You know, the stores were closed, people were not shopping. Um, people just didn't, you know, they were all like very low. The morale was not there, right? The global situation was just very damp. Um, mm-hmm. So he was obviously, because he obviously, he reads a lot. He's very in, in tune to social trends, what whatever's happening at the moment. So at that time, China was really on, just starting out, or at least they already started, but it was like suddenly it became this huge thing with live stream that didn't hit this part of us, Not yet, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he said, hey, you know, let's try something fun. Nobody's doing anything anyway. Why mm-hmm. don't we go and do this live stream thing? And I was like, no way. <laughs> it's like, there's no way I'm going up to do this thing. I was like, I'm not even active on my own social. I was like, you want me to stand in front of like 30, 30 40,000 people to say something? No, I was like, no, it's not for me. You do it. I was like, you do it, you know? So it was like a back and forth, back and forth. There's no back and forth. Oh yeah, it was just false. Yeah. false, false. It, was a, it was a decision. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it's done, I'm do coming. Do it. He was like, do it. You know? No, no, I was very graciously. I <laughs> let her some time to sit through, to talk her through, find opportune time to have bring conversation across. You know, I said that one of the reasons why we did a rebrand was to peel the layers off ourselves, right? And to put our best, not only best, best work forward, but to put ourselves forward. But... IG Live offers us an opportunity to have a direct and instantaneous conversation with our customer. Why are we, why would we, because of our shyness or because of our lack of um, courage, step forward to do that? Right, like what you say, right? Showing up, right? It's just merely about going onto the screen. Yeah. If, some, if there's only one person that turns up to the screen, would you do that for that one person? If you would, then dancers as, as such huh? yeah. so yeah. yeah so how did you finally manage to convince you <laughs> and oh I just sent her a lot of uh, IG live people doing IG live and just sent her just watch and then you just say alright I'm gonna I think fundamentally obviously because I trust him right I trust him because we're it's the same right with husband and wife in, in, in a business together there's nobody else I trust as much you know, so when I know that he says something, it's not that he wants to put me in a spot or to like do something I really don't want to do, but I know that it really is. I trust him, I trust his heart. So I knew that when he suggested something like that, it was really whether it was that he sees that there is potential in the future or whether he feels like personally it's also good for me to sort of break out of it, you know, because I was very closed up. I was very, very, I'm still very introverted, but you know, to sort of like help me to grow in that way. So I think I did it. That I made that call. Answering your question was in knowing and trusting that he has got my back. That was really why I did it. And then of course after that it was then he started sending me all these customers, all these live stream things. You know, hey, you know this person or like this like China ones. The China ones are like, wow. they're, so yeah, yeah. they're so out there. They're so out there. 
Yeah. They're really good. And the West concerned about copyright. But the yeah. East concerned about copying it right. <laughs> so, so both is the, <laughs> the same way, just copying each other in a way. I mean, not copying each other, but just innovating, just bringing what. What, building um, upon. Yeah, yeah, building upon each other. Yeah. But you did that. I mean, you did this whole design diplomacy thing, which I watched, honestly. Oh. I was very like, because that was before we did our IG live, because you did it during lockdown. Oh, yeah. right? Versus yeah. we couldn't do that because it was lockdown. We can only do it after we went into phase two, I think. So tell so, us more about that. Why did you start? Why did you study? Was it a conversation that both of you had? And was that, it or difficult? Was it something that you want to help the local creatives or the creative people at large? I mean, collectively, because uh, I think 2019, we didn't really do anything uh, community-wise. Mm. And we're always interested to like connect and engage, right? And then actually, I have to give credits to my team, uh, one of the designers. They are all very interested in like engagement with the community, like education, yeah. all that. Yeah. And, and they say, hey, why don't we do something uh, during the lockdown? And anyways, everyone's at home, right? So um, I got to speak at one of the IG talk also, uh, organized by a European friend. But I realized that their format was mostly the European and Americans. Mm. I felt like there was, wasn't a platform for Asians. So, okay, yeah. maybe you can do the same thing. I mean, I, I hate copying, but I'm just building a copying Co right. Copying yeah. right. Copying <laughs> yeah. right. So, um, yeah, so, okay, uh, okay let's, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Uh, but we're just going to feature um, Asian-based designers. Mm. And we want to give them a voice. And true enough, um, I mean, after that whole episode, I loved I, I, it, honestly. Everyone got connected. Yeah. And I, I realized like this Chinese. Um, with I watched one in Beijing. There was a Beijing one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I, Shanghai one. I remember a Korean, uh, my, my, my friends, uh, they invited one of the Malaysian type uh, designer to speak at the mm. college uh, class. Wow. So that, that, that was great because yeah. they discovered, you know, yes. like, oh, Malaysia also have uh, yes, yes, yes. And I, I, I love that whole interaction where people started to understand, uncover, like, there are people in Asia yeah. that do design yeah. Yeah. and they do it well. Yeah. So I think our next challenge is to uncover uh, designers from countries like um, Cambodia, yes. more from Vietnam. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we did a good job in Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, ho hoping to unravel more. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I can jump in. Since the both of you, in your own ways, have done IG Live, have done talks, um, is there something that you would encourage the audience, if let's say they want to start out something uh, to do with facing the screen or like um, any like holding a mic, what is one key thing that got you going? What's one key thing that keep you going? To be honest, when I first start started uh, speaking on a speaking circuit, I'm kind of in there right now. It was not um, a natural thing for me. Like yourself, I have not been. <laughs> A public speaker for actually Arthur is a great public speaker. Yes, he's very calm. Oh, he's, he's very like, calm yes. and very <laughs> convinced. He can convince and he can yeah. persuade and he can charm and he, he, uh, absolutely. This is yeah, all going, going, going right. into yeah. the, that, that's where the the, the film crew was snip. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. So that's, yeah, I got my first chance. It's a natural. Back, yeah, to to speak in one of the design society. Um, Thing I think that was like my most nervous like mm. platform, uh, you know opportunity to speak ever and uh, but I, I was glad I had that opportunity. Then I look back, um, building upon my learnings, I just got better. And with the last few years of constantly going around and speaking, it, it's just something that got very natural. Yeah. So um, I think it's something that it can be learned. It comes with practice, do you practice. feel? Mm. So it's, yes, you do have to overcome your shyness yeah. to get yourself out of the shell. Uh, but I feel like it's really important to, to have that engagement, yeah. uh, whether it's through uh, IG or some kind of a digital yeah. platform, especially like now where everything is so like limited, yeah. traveling, personal meetings, yeah. um, the more you should get beyond you know, yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's particularly difficult. I mean, if I can do it, and you say you can do it, so hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone can do it. Yeah. yeah. I do feel it's important for creatives, honestly, yeah. to have that uh, flow yes. in a way. Because a lot oh. of creatives were very input, right? So I think when we sort of like have a certain exchange with another creative, or whether in the same industry or a different industry, I think that the outpouring and the, the receiving and that, you know, there's really the energy in that. The trans transition 
right? Of whether information or, or human interaction, like I feel like it does create, uh, you know, rather than just sort of like keeping it, True. you know, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like uh, you have a lot of output, right? Every day you're like giving, yeah. giving your ideas away. But one, I think you need a, a, a place where you can get influence. Well. Yes. And yeah. it's like brain food, you know, yeah. more engagement. Yeah. I think that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I have a question. So mm-hmm. when you were responding to uh, Rebecca on how you got her to do live streaming, and suddenly I feel that I have an answer to my secret sauce <laughs> question. I felt that you had an idea of what is important for BTV at that point in time. And you sort of seeded the idea to her and you let her sort of marinate it, right? And then eventually you propose an idea and she trusts you 100%. Eventually she stepped up and went way and above and look at where it has taken you guys. So I think the secret sauce is in managing a team. And I wanted to quote this statement that you gave to Harper's Bazaar. Is it Harper's Bazaar's uh, interview? And, you, and I quote, on Monday we'll be rounding up the team. On Tuesday, we will have a management meeting. Wednesday will be a review and execution meeting and so on. So I want to ask you, what is your management style and structure? A lot of your team member <laughs> kind of stayed stay with you since the beginning. I think that speaks volume. There's a lot that we can learn. Could you just share some of your secret recipe? People management. I think, uh, I think by and large, people management it's uh, very big, and it could be a very scary word to many people, because mixing people and mixing management. Uh, I don't think we should manage people. I think we should be people matter. Uh, I think that well, we have a, we have a couple of staff that stayed with us for more than five years, since we incepted the brand, and then. Some of them came on, they were 21 when they came with us. They are now 27. Some of them are 26 before they got married. Now they are mother of two kids. Um, they stayed with us for a very long time. And I think that um, during COVID, I remember this very, very clearly. When our retail shop had to close, um, when business was when business took a hit, right? Um, and every and pay cut was constantly talked about on the papers, on, on every company's HR agenda. Um, but I, look, I gathered the team and I looked them straight in the eye. Business has dropped 20%. Uh, I told them, I am not going to cut your pay. If we can increase business by 20%, I will not cut your pay. But I took a 30% pay cut for about six months or more. I, I was the only person in the company that took a pick up. I felt that people matter and leadership must lead by example. And leadership is not a top-down. I think that in this time and age, they, 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 they value community over control. Um, and this is how I do feel that managing a team is not about managing the people, but that people must matter first. And then the reciprocate or not is not up for me to demand that of them. But it is my value that's to show them, hey, this is the way we're going to do it. This is the way how it's getting done. I do not slack on any demands. My demands can be quite high. Um, but yet at the same time, I'm willing to go down to whatever level they are to bring them up to whatever level that we want them to be. I feel that then itself, if I break down these two words, um, that would be something that uh, how I interpret people management. Uh, so by far and large, I feel that um, culture, people, um, things that like like something that Becky is really good at, Shiri, uh, which I'm really really poor at. She, she she formulated a community team. Remembers everyone's birthday. Not only staff, their kids' birthday, their spouse' birthday, their anniversary, their. What not? I don't know. She's good at that, right? So, anniversary is like, huh? Anniversary is a company send. What is this? We pay money, ah? No, but... <laughs> yeah, so... Um, cue to cut. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I, I think that... I hope that answers the question. I do not know if I deviate too far. I think people matter to me. 
uh, whether are they working with us or they like you know. So we still have we still have um, staff that have left us pursue other venture. They, they 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 still come back with us on occasion like Christmas to celebrate mm. in the past before eight was a problem before nine was a problem. Sorry, yeah. But you guys have that. You guys have like people coming yeah. back as well, right? Mm. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yo, is that is that answering your question? Like yes. Yes. Or do you I, want something like in a structural more like? Um, I, I think that is a very good response because it covers the That's the a value system. That's his value system. Philosophy behind yeah. it. Uh, I'm also curious about structure, right? Because there's a creative side of the business and then there's the business, right? And typically they need to kind of go in tandem. Yeah. And I know you hold a very lonely job just like me. You <laughs> uh, can have coffee. <laughs> 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 where, you get more you know, yeah. where you know the, the stress does pile up when you know the, the, the numbers doesn't add up and all of that. But beyond that, I guess there's also this sort of system and culture that you put in place, right? You want to share a little bit maybe about what makes BTV sort of hum hum along? Um I think that systems Systems are not, I, or at least we look at it that way, is not meant to pe- put, them, put people in a box. But systems drive behavior. Do you know what I mean? So if, when, when the systems are in place, because also we are uh, a creative atmosphere at the store, uh, at, at the studio, mm-hmm. uh, having, being able to sort of like have the environment is important because obviously we also want to attract the, the creatives, whether they do logistics and the non-creative jobs, we want creative uh, people, do you know what I mean? So, uh, um, I think maybe jumping on people, people like like the what we had, we discussed earlier about kids liking routine and system. We also develop systems in the office. Like for instance, Monday is a team meeting, Tuesday is creative me- morning creative meeting, afternoon logistics meeting, and so on and so forth. Then Wednesday we will check in with their progress. You know, like what are the actionable steps and how can we guide them? And how can we? So basically, three points. I will tell you how I, where where I want to go. Your job is to tell me how to get there, and then our conversation will be okay. What do you need to get there? You know, and 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 then that is how we formulate uh, meetings, and then the the staff know when to catch us. Uh, on this day, they will catch us on certain topic. Otherwise, it'll be just too many topics floating around the company, managing from finance to creative to operation to logistics to customer, and the list goes on, right? And we don't have brain space for everything in a day, so it helps us as well to categorize um, department on individual days, on individual timing. So it's fixed and we have a um, like asana to mm. track uh, which meeting is which day. And then this, they, they, they know that they're coming in for the particular meeting so that the agenda will be set. You know, and and, and uh, we, we, we try to practice a little bit of corporate style, not like a mom and pop shop, so that it helps guide people. And some people try with system, mm. but I don't. <laughs> yeah. mm. I think quite similar. I mean, we also try to use tech tools to help us. Mm. And it's Slack. We don't use Asana, mm. we use Productive. Mm. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, we'll see how it goes because sometimes we change our tools because yeah. some tools are better than the others. Yeah, I think also depends on what yeah. works for the team, exactly. right? Mm. Also, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Does that answer? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I like I like the the way you sort of broke it down. Basically, it set the goal, but I'm not technically providing you the solution on how to get there. You let me know, and I think that's it. That's very helpful. And then let's try to figure that out together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a very simple but very effective formula. Yeah, it's also yeah. empowering. I think it comes from a place of being able to empower. You know, um, versus hundred percent micromanaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, so time, right? mm. yes, correct. So uh, I think that his I think not for he her believes, not time. He if she, believes if she a has lot. The, if she has that bandwidth, she will do it. Oh. Mm. So so in in by far that's philosophically, I think that we need to understand that leadership and management are very different roles. Mm. Right? Leadership provides vision, management provides the direction. So um we need to understand which role we play at times to mm. the people around us. So it helps them to grow. Yeah, and people matter. Yeah. So yes, so which was the reason why I had another question is where do you find the time to think? Mm. Mm. Mind space. Mind space. Well, Daniel's very good at that. 
he's absolutely he has mastered the skill that he's very very good at it i think it's the way that he copes with stress as well right he's we're totally the opposite um in that way when he feels the pressure he feels the stress he knows when to stop and then he will sort of like it's like a peripheral thinking right he goes he pulls himself out he does something else that sort of neutralizes and then he sort of like then it's like that moment is like oh, okay he comes back he's like let's do this as I was like where did you go where is this place that you went with all this like ideas right yeah but he just sort of like i think the the ability to pull himself out so he does it pretty well whether it is like just to have a coffee room no i'll just go to my facebook or oh, facebook is your but he leaves no, so sometimes he sort of like steps I, out I step out, I like, yeah he needs to step out i read a lot of articles on facebook it's just to deviate my thought away from the situation mm-hmm. so her method is to punch and punch and punch through yeah. until the wall breaks for me i would go and i would i would, I would step out bleeding. fine you will walk around the wall yeah. <laughs> 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 at least she didn't say i walked through the wall and just like <laughs> 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 No, actually, uh, I just go and find a drill. Yeah. <laughs> you win. You find a drill, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we're quite different that way. I think for me, I struggle with that. Honestly, that hit space part, I struggle with that. Mm. Um, he needs to constantly remind me that I need to break out. I need to step out. You know, um, just to get a fresh perspective. Uh, so that's my struggle. Mm. Uh, but for him, he's the he he's the other he's the other opposite actually. He has mm. no issue sort of like disconnecting for a short while and coming back with a fresh perspective. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm struggling with now, because in the past I I can wake up at four and do my run and it kind of clears my mind mm. and figure things out, or I can get in here by six, I can do my thing. It becomes crystal clear. Yeah. What are some of the things I need to do? But yeah. these days, it's not possible because by the time I sleep at eleven thirty, I'm like so flat out. Yeah, yeah. By the time I open my eyes, it's like seven. You have to go. Yeah, right? you have it's to like, go. Yeah. So yeah, there's no mind space for me. Yeah. Mm. What 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 I personally like is I like to involve my kids in my schedule. Uh, also partially because when I grew up, I wanted to be so much in my parents' schedule. What are they thinking? What are they doing? We so growing up, I have always like to be involved with uh, what my parents are doing. What are they thinking? And my parents always like, oh, this is not for small children. And I felt very distant from them because as parents, we are our kids' first hero, right? And getting them involved. So what we do is that. With Oli, he comes to office at about four thirty, and I will let him talk to any staff. He can do anything in the office. He can just roam around. He can pack. He can draw. He can watch video. He can talk to anyone. And mostly, he talks to people around. And the, and 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 our colleagues will just you know spend time with him. And I thought that you know I feel that I do not want to create a schedule out of my my schedule to accommodate the kids apart from the weekend. But on the weekday, they need to fit into my schedule, mm-hmm. and I feel that I feel that he I've seen him grow a lot just by coming to office, interacting with adults, knowing what to pack, knowing what's what room is meeting room, what room is not, what room he's out bound. It's mm-hmm. form formulate a certain thinking for him, yeah. you know. And 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 I think that children are like wet sponge, yes. right? Are like sponge. Sorry, you need to run them through water for them to absorb. So creating an environment and atmosphere for them to be involved. Is something that I highly prioritize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I I don't make schedule away from them to teach them something else. For instance, right now because he's still a play, he's still at he's still about four years old. He's in a play group. I do not want to be too forthcoming on education, but I want him to pick up things from his sight, from his hearing, mm-hmm. right? From him touching like things. interaction. Yeah, mm. yeah like like uh, I'm going. Uh, Papa, I'm going to the office today. See, yeah. Okay, I want to talk to aunties. So this is like he called colleagues, aunties, lah, and Rachel, lah. So so he knows who to go to for what. So I I I I thought that 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 is quite a a good experience for mm. as a child because it's something that I feel that I personally like growing up, and I feel that if I could extend that to my kid, that would be great. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah, I like that. Yeah, because yeah. when I was growing up, I was. I remember going to my father's office, mm. running around. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Actually, like I do feel because I mean we get asked this or I get asked this a lot. I mean, not being trained in the industry at all, how did it even you know? I know there are a lot of people who have no contact with creative 
um, uh, environments, but still are extremely uh, effective. But I do tell people that I think one of the reasons for me in a uh, training and I way was because I grew up in the environment my dad's workshop. So my parents obviously both 100% work together also, and then they run their own thing. So mom picks us up from school and then comes right to the office and they continue their schedule. They just leave us there, whether we interact with people, make our, do our own thing, eat our own lunch, you know, oh, I want to play this, I cut up stuff, stick things together. But we're always in the environment mm. and then we watch how... And but they're always adults, watching. Yeah, they're always watching, but we as kids watch how in, adults interact, what do they do, what, what they, what's this going mm. on, why are they going having a meeting in a room. So I think that sort of like trains a child's way of mind, mm. uh, being in that kind of environment. So I think we intentionally bring our kids into that. Obviously, during the, the, the high hours of the day, they're at school, right? But once it's 4.35, we bring them back here and then we continue for maybe an hour till about 6, 6.30, then we go for dinner. So that they sort of have a little bit of a taste of like mm. what this thing, because it is important to us what we do, right? Like mm. what, what we do at BTV is important to us. Is our, we spend a lot of time there, a lot of our energy. So we want them to also, when he grows up, also know I know what my parents do. I know what kind of work they do. You know, so I think it's more for me. It's important for me. What's important is to develop thinking skills. Mm. Like when Oli comes and asks me, Papa, what I will put aside things and I will explain to him what I'm doing. I will explain to him my thought process so that this formulates breadcrumbs to him when he meets certain objections in life, certain things in life, certain roadblocks in life. That he, oh, this is what my papa has done. So it's to develop thinking process that I feel that. He is privileged that because we run the business, he, we allow him to come to the office, you know, and I would just want to expose him towards more, uh, more environment and, and situation mm. like this. Mm. Yeah. So as soon as he can read a set of accounts, <laughs> can you just send him our way? <laughs> 4.30 is not a problem for me. Uh, I do need a bit of help. We will have a chat. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm not too sure. I feel that he's a, he's a bit of a hybrid. Mm. It's too early to tell. Maybe kids are like that, you know, they like to explore more, they're creative, mm. and I try not to, to shoot them down, you know. No. Yeah. They let them explore, let them talk, and, you know. Yeah. Mm. So that'd be great. Uh, how do you resolve your differences in terms of thinking? Like, uh, your, what do you do if, let's say, the discussion get a little bit heated, mm. you know, and how do you, what are the ways that you resolve and how do you come to a common agreement? Because clearly, I mean, thinkings are different, mm. right? So, I think from the beginning, we've set ourselves um, like roles, like I'll be running the creative. So anything like creatively that we might have differences, then I'll make the final call. And same for like, anything financial, we will make the final call. So I think that's always been like the guiding Mm. Yeah, principle. But sometimes, I mean, actually many times, I would still consult him on creative methods because he does have a good eye and he has good exposure. He knows yeah. what's going on. So sometimes, maybe, sometimes you're too, you know, involved in your design and mm. you have too many choices. And he would be a really, really great person to like, uh, give you perspective. And yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I see where you're going. And then yeah. it helps you like, you know. Has there been a time that there was a need to take a bias? You know, like maybe even if it was like like a compromise. Yeah, in a way, you know. Mm, I like you felt very strongly about certain things, but maybe in terms of like a business or financial side, and you felt like okay, but you sort of like let it maybe. I think I have probably. probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I ultimately, I mean, he's a very logical and reasonable person, so when. Things are, I mean, he will always explain, and then of course, there's a part of me saying, but I don't really agree, but okay, let's, <laughs> let's go. So, this is where he tries to convince. He's yeah. very calm, man. He's very calm. I mean, very Lord, why you give me this woman? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't see my wisdom. What is this? I need to show this frustration. I'm so calm, man. This is very fluid. Of course, we are very headstrong about our, our own opinions as well. But I think we'll, we'll give each other space and try mm. to think about it. And then we come about then. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll sink into it and say, yeah, I think maybe he's right, you know. Mm. Yeah. For me, it's quite simple. If that's a case, I'll put it 
if I feel very strongly about it, I'll put it across very strongly. Yeah, I think And then there's one decision maker. Mm. And that's her. Right? <laughs> so even, even I, I could be, I, I, there's a point of view that I could have a very, very, very strong view. And mm. I'll make it clear that I have a very strong view about it. But then the decision kind of, I just leave it on her lap. You decide. But when the outcome comes out, I mean, we have to take responsibility for the decisions we, we decide. Mm, okay. uh, whoever makes the decision, mm. if it's bad, it's bad. Lor. If mm. it's good, then mm. yeah, great. Mm. Yeah, mm. so I think we are a doubt about this. So mm. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, it's not 100% of Yeah, for sure. But mm. I think after also trust my gut, so he will always come and ask me. Yes. Yeah, like, you know, like, okay, money matters also. He's like, mm. you know, I have this number. What do you think? Then he will yeah. let me, let me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's true, it's true. He feels more comfortable when my number is like close to his number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking also. I think that he would like Never mess with a woman's intuition. So I think that's how we balance each other. That's awesome. Never mess with a woman's intuition. So I think that's how we do. How about you guys? I think fundamentally, we tell ourselves that both of us mean well for the company and wants to the best for the company. So we never doubt the intention. Mm-hmm. Um, the ways could be corrected in terms of like thinking or like thought process or how we do it. It could be corrected. But I think fundamentally the, the, the idea shouldn't shift from it shouldn't doubt the idea of like both of our intention is making the, uh, mm-hmm. the place a better place wherever we may be. But I do see her on different level, especially maybe because I'm a guy, maybe talking about like putting my feet down or whatsoever. Like, I see her as my business partner, as my as my um, wife, you know, as someone that like my best friend. So I need to differentiate the different times or different action yeah. that she's doing. So when I see her as my business partner telling me things, I cannot see her as my wife telling me something. Then my reaction will be very different, mm-hmm. right? Because wife, of course, you deal with familiarity, something that you're familiar with. Are you must be telling me this because you're familiar with me. But if my business partner were to tell me that, would I react the same way? Mm-hmm. So this is something that I feel that not all times I try to keep, but it's just in terms of value-wise, mm. I try we to remind like myself, yeah. and it works for us. Uh, you know, like okay, she's coming from the point of a business uh, partner, right. mm-hmm. and she is not talking to me as my wife. So it's not that I need to like, you know, I need to put out my my ego and have a conversation with her. This is a conversation, you know. So I feel that that, that works out for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but what about Yeah, you? no, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. I think the ability to see at which point on... Or each role. And each role, yeah, at which role he's also undertaking at that moment, whether it is a uh, based on a financial perspective or based on like a company at large or whether he tells me as a husband that he cares for me, like, hey, time to take a break. But like, you know, it really is like at which role does he um, adopt when he says different things to me, then I think that has obviously it doesn't happen all the time that we're able to decipher because when you're in that moment is, you know, but that we felt like that has worked for us, especially with a working couple. Mm. Like if not, it gets tough because the lines get gray, you know, and you do share the same house, the same bed with the person. So it it gets tricky at that part, you know, Mm. so I think being able to see the different roles that we play and when each of us are executing different roles helps to sort of like ease it lah. Mm. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, just nudge them yeah. in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't do that. Blanket. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think having a good mentor help. Um, yes. Someone who mentor, mentor the business, mentor your life. Mm. It's it gives a fresh perspective, and I feel that. Uh, I mean, apart from living a life larger than ourselves, we need someone who has been through, has gone through, has certain thinking to speak into our lives and we must allow that to happen. Yeah. Especially as entrepreneurs, we cannot be too closed up, being open, also be mindful of who you interact with and who you associate with. I feel that that's something that's very important to me. I chase after mentors uh, and, I, and I really hold on to them from my mm-hmm. personal life, yeah. Hmm. Any other ask? No, I. No, we have a lot of fun. I we okay, hope okay. that you have just as much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about your mentors. <laughs> I think that's also quite interesting topic to delve into. Mm-hmm. 
but thank you for showing up today. Of course, thanks for having us. Yeah, and today our wardrobe is by... Be on the mind. Be on the mind. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You guys are so sweet. Thanks so much. Thank Thanks you, guys. For <laughs> Thanks for having us. Morning. It's a great conversation. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing.